Alex, we're back. Yes, we are. Back again. Uh, we should have Daniel. We don't know. We don't know where he is, but hopefully he will be here eventually. Maybe. At some point. Hopefully. I have faith in him. Anyway. You know what it's time for, right? Is it? Sunday? It's, time. it's Sunday. So it's another episode of the NHL Retro Review. And, Brother. and what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about probably one of the most depressing days in the Montreal Canadiens' history. Um, we're going to be talking about Patrick Waugh's last game as a Montreal Canadian, probably everything surrounding that, especially his relationship with one Mario Tremblay. And how uh, it's it was another step of Montreal losing that covenant dynasty, you know. So If, if yeah. you're confused about, about what he's talking about. The date's December 2nd, 1995. Four years before I was born. Four years before I was born. The Montreal Canadiens are playing at the Forum against the Detroit Red Wings. <sighs> the score, 11-1. to 1. It hurt. It hurts so much. Like just looking this up to really, to just check out the game, it just hurts. Again, before I was born, I didn't. I didn't care about hockey until like six years ago. But just going, there are certain memories that you just kind of. It's like it's in your blood, and you just kind of. It's like you know how in Assassin's Creed, all the main characters are just kind of they're born with the bleeding effect and all the abilities of their ancestors. I feel like when you become a sports fan, there are just certain memories that even if you weren't. Alive for them, you develop them. Like the 2011 Nathan Horton goal in OT against the Habs. I can't watch that because it hurts too much. Because I'm thinking those are the Cup champs, and Montreal were one goal away from beating them, right? And Patrick Waugh and this this whole situation with Mario Tremblay is another one of them. So I'm not excited to talk about this. There's a my heart feels heavier. It's made me sick. I just this is hard. this is something that I'm not I'm not happy about. But I'm doing this for the show for the listeners. Well, okay. So how, at this point, how long has Patrick Raw been a Montreal Canadian? Oh boy. So if I am to be correct, he made his debut, I believe, in 1985. Yes. I have this article about Patrick Wall up here. Of course, for those of you who don't know, Wall was a third-round pick. For those of you who realize just how voodoo goalies were. Third-round pick in 1984. Then he gets called up in February of 85. Uh, NHL debut in relief for Doug Soltert. And, of course, after that game, Wall was assigned to the Habs minor league team in Sherbrooke. And then the rest is history, by the way. He ended up winning the Calder Cup there. And then in 86... He split time in the net, and then, of course, after that, the 86 playoffs is where he took over the net and basically kept it until he left in 90, 94, 95, which was uh, which is not fun. So since basically uh, 1986, Patrick Waugh was the man in Montreal. Okay. I have to ask you this question. Yeah. Who thought it was a good idea to leave him in that? 
Okay, so this all goes back to this was the first of two seasons that Mario Tremblay was head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Mario Tremblay, actually a former Hab, and here's what's unique about this. So Mario Tremblay actually was a player on the Montreal Canadiens when Patrick Waugh started playing. And I'm going to read you a bit from this article. This is from um, LWOS Hockey by Connor Lapom. That's the editor of the site. I'm just going to read you this snippet. It's going to give you a lot of context here. Tremblay versus Waugh. While on the surface, the, this is a, this trade comes out of nowhere. This is in reference to the Waugh to Colorado trade. There was severe tension in the Habs locker room. New coach Mario Tremblay and Waugh did not have a good relationship. The issues date back to Waugh's rookie season. Waugh and Tremblay were roommates for that season. Tremblay would in, in yeah would incessantly bother Waugh about how bad his English was. After Trombley retired, he would go on to have a career in sports radio. During this time, Wall was a constant target of Trombley's ire. Just a quick thing, Mario Trombley is still one of the main features of LDS, by the way. Just a little tidbit there. Continuing on this little part of the article. Just before Trombley was hired, the two almost came to blows in the Long Island coffee shop. After the hire, the relationship didn't improve. There was an incident where Trombley saw Wall at a hotel bar in Edmonton, and order him back to his room. Tremblay also told Waugh that he could not speak with teammates in the trainer's room unless he was injured. Okay. The two almost came to blows again during a house practice. Tremblay, for some reason, fired a puck at Waugh's throat, which angered Waugh. The incident against Detroit was the final blow. It's a wonder why the Canadians would hire a coach that had a pre-existing bad relationship with their biggest star. After the trade, the Habs played the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado February 5th. The Avs won 4-2 with Wall making 37 saves. This is the best part. After the game, Wall collected the puck and flipped it to Tremblay on his way off the ice. So, if you're asking me who thought this was a good idea to keep him in that, it was head coach Mario Tremblay. Who, by the way, two seasons as Montreal's head coach, they lost in the playoffs in the first round both those years. Wow. And by the way, Pat Waugh, since his trade, the Montreal Canadiens have won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to say. There's so much. I mean, yeah, like obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is okay, who whoever the general manager was, whoever the owner was, who thought there was a good idea to bring him in. And I guess I, I'd understand why it was a good idea, not from the ideas about Patrick Waugh, but, you know, he's a former Canadians player. He's French, who apparently, like, they only hire French people, and that's still a thing today. Um, it, it, it makes sense from that point. But if you look and say, you know, there was already this kind of bad blood boiling um in 84, 85, what, like, you know, you're, you're just pushing it. Like, you're asking for it. There was also, what's, what's really unique about this is everything went wrong here. Now, probably one of the more beloved head coaches in Montreal Canadiens history, after Scotty Bowman, 
is probably Jacques Demers. Uh, God bless his soul, by the way. Sorry, he is alive, but um, suffered from a stroke. And um, he was even out of the Habs game. It, it, was, it was tough to watch. But um, Jacques Demers was – sorry, yeah, Jacques Demers, the year the Habs won the Cup in 93, they weren't expected to. They, they're not actually that good of a team if you look back at it. And it was weird because in 1992, Patrick Waugh didn't have a good year. But at the start of 93 – Demers went to him and said, listen, you are our goalie. They had this vote of confidence. Then, 94, they missed the playoffs. Then in 95, Serge Savard and head coach Jacques Demers were fired four games into the season. It was that much of a disastrous start. Then they bring in Rajan Houle as GM, very inexperienced. Mario Tremblay, who this is his first coaching thing in record. And then boom. They it started off like at, a mess. And the weirdest part is after they brought in Trombley, this is all from this um, Last Words on Hockey article, the Habs actually won on a 12-2 and two tear. That's the funniest thing. But there was all this bad blood, and it boiled over in this game. Oh, my God. And then there's the trade itself. Yeah, you want to look at the trade? I... I I don't want to, but I will. Okay, I'll look at it. Um, yeah. The Montreal Canadiens trade Patrick Waugh and Mike Keane. Was he captain? He was. They love trading their captains, by the way. Okay. Sorry, what day did I say the game was? December uh, 2nd? The game was December 2nd. Four days later. 1995, December 6th. Mike Keane and Patrick Waugh are traded to the Colorado Avalanche in return for Andre Kovalenko, Martin Ruzinski, and I know he's the goaltender, Jocelyn Thibault. I believe he was 21 at the time. Yes, 21, played 40 games for the Canadians that season. <clears throat> Sorry. 23 wins, 13 losses, and I guess three overtime losses. Adam is not having any of this. Man, I don't I don't know who any of those guys are. <laughs> like the who Colorado sent back. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is, I believe, Colorado got Patrick Waugh their first season in Colorado. They had just left Quebec. So first of all, this trade doesn't happen, or at least this particular exact trade doesn't happen if Quebec City is obviously still a team because if, there is absolutely no way in hell that that's going to happen. Right. But th they just gifted the Avalanche to Stanley Cups. That's what happened. Now, of course, at the time, they didn't have, you know, the back end that they did that was worked on, but you show me a good goaltender, I'll show you a Stanley Cup. It's just that simple. Right. So I have here, I'm just pulling up the rest of them. <clears throat> Andre Kovalenko played the rest of the season with the Canadians. And I'm not sure if he signed or if he was traded to the Edmonton Oilers the next year. Uh, <sighs> I don't, I don't, why? What are you doing? I don't understand, first of all, how, so, 
what happened was one wall was pulled, I believe, it was after the ninth goal. He famously went straight past um, Mario Tremblay and went to Montreal's president at the time. I can't remember his name. I'm trying to find it. And basically told the guy, hey, this is my last game as a Montreal Canadian unless you get rid of Mario Tremblay, who an unexperienced management team obviously looks at and thinks, okay, the Habs just go on this amazing tear. They somehow think Mario Tremblay is the reason for it, and they trust him over your goalie who, I believe Patrick Waugh, as a Montreal Canadian, it's very funny actually, he won all three of his Vesnas as a Montreal Canadian, four of his five Jennings trophies, of course, two of his Conn Smythes, and two of his four Stanley Cups, and they didn't even give him a benefit of the doubt there, and didn't get rid of Mario Tremblay. For another two seasons. Uh, uh, just sounds like such a Montreal thing. They they didn't recover from this trade. Ever. They they had two no they didn't I would say they like they would didn't really recover until they got carry price. Yeah. Uh, so you can say Jose Taylor, but Jose Taylor had two, three good years and then yeah. just fell off the side of the cliff, right? And he had a really weird. He was like 50-something. He's a goalie. What are you doing? And even yeah. with Carey Price, they've never been able to. They had the, – the Canadians have never been able to put it together. They had a star center with Saku Koivu, could never give him the support they needed. Then, of course, they have the whole Patrick Subban Price core – Never got a proper center for it. And then they wasted Carey Price's five years. So from like starting from the boat, like Scotty Bowman leaving the team because they wouldn't promote him to the GM, to getting rid of Patrick Waugh, to never getting that damn center in after not being able to support Saku Koivu, the team has never recovered. This was Montreal jumping the shark, was the Waugh trade. Things were never the same. No. Uh, I have here the other two players that were in the trade. Martin Ruzinski played seven yep. years in Montreal. 432 games, 134 goals for 297 points. Uh, Jocelyn Thibault, four years in Montreal. 158 games played, 67 wins, 56 losses, 24 overtime losses 908 save percentage 2.73 goals against average why what are you what were you doing you and i i want to i want to ask you alex as as a non-habson yeah. as alicia what's the worst deal the let's see let me get this other one there's there's a third option here so first i want you to think what's the what's the worst trade and I think maybe this year and last year's production for the other player going the other way may affect this. But what's a worse trade? P.K. Subban for Shea Weber or Patrick Waugh? For um, Patrick Waugh for a bunch of bag of pox, basically. No, the Patrick Waugh, man. That's a worse right. trade. Think about it. Because, because, yeah, the P.K. Subban-Shea Weber deal didn't turn out to be what, I guess, the Predators were hoping for. All right, but the Canadians haven't won a cup, and Colorado won two cups with Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. So 
and, and it's like you look at the names I gave off. It's and their stats. I don't know. Like we're talking about one of the best goalies, if not the. I could try to ask you what about the Scott Gomez deal where Montreal sent Ryan McDonough before he played a single game as a had, but that's t- that's different though. You know what I mean? Like because he's never played an NHL game before, you're just kind of taking a guess on what he's gonna be. Whereas this one, you have the only, I guess, unknown. Kind of is uh, Jocelyn Thibault, who had only played two years in the NHL. First year uh, played 29 games, second year played 18 games, so you don't really know what he is. And everyone else had been in the NHL for four or five years. Mm. So I don't know if it's hard to compare the Ryan McDonough trade because it's like you really don't know what he's going to turn into. But looking at it now, I think unless the team you traded him to won two cups or you got ripped off completely, mm-hmm. the Patrick Watt trade is always going to be worse. I wonder, shall we look at just a bit of Patrick Wall and what he did with Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, the Quebec Nordiques are a very weird team because, as a Leafs fan, do you ever remember the fact that Matt Sundin was a Nordique? Yeah, because we traded Wendell Clark to get Matt Sundin. Yeah, but you, you'd say that's a fair. You're happy with Matt, right? You're, you you like that man. He's a nice yes, man. Yes. Yes. I so do. I'm going to get up the 2001 Colorado Avalanche roster for a second here because this is hilarious to me some of the names on this team i'm gonna read you something sorry 2000 2001 yes 2000 2001 so david eibacker you don't know who that is because he is the backup goalie for patrick wall so sorry just needed to mention that gary babenko Rick Barry, Adam, you're thinking, who the hell are these guys? But then we get Rob Blake. I know who that is. Ray Bork. I do know who that is. Chris Drury. Drury, sorry. I do know who that is. Yes. Adam Foote. I indeed know who that is. One of the best real defensemen in history. Peter Forsberg. It sounds familiar. Probably one of the one of those players that even though we we know that he had the injury problems, we know just how dominant he he was was uh, Milan Hejuk, the one we all forget about, but a fantastic player. Patrick Waugh. I think Alex I know who that is. Yeah, seventy-seven point Alex Tangay. Remember him in his prime, and of course, probably one of the best pure goal scorers of all time. A real leader, a real man's man. Joe Sackett. Oh. He has somehow turned himself into one of the best GMs in the league as well. So that's just that's that's one of them. That's their second cup, by the way, because um of course the first year they got Ray Bork, they didn't actually win. And of course that's the team that had the famous um after twenty two years Raymond Bork and Joe Sackett hands the cup off before he even lifts it himself. 
And this is back in the day when it was like Colorado, Detroit, New Jersey, just these ridiculously skilled teams. And at the back of it, you have, of course, that defense, those forwards, and then you have to face Patrick Wall on the back end. And he wasn't young either. He was 35. Here's the funny thing about Patrick Waugh. If you look at him, and here's what I always respect about him, as opposed to a guy like Martin Brodeur, is Marty just held on for far too long. Yeah. I'm going to get up for you very, very quickly. I don't want you to look it up. I'm going to bring you up Patrick Waugh's stats. I already have it up. They've been up since the start of the episode. And this is in the early 2000s, right? His last year in the league, ladies and gentlemen, a 2.18 goals against average, 35 wins, a 920 save percentage. Frick off, Patrick. Frig off. You know, I know you, I know goalies have a later, I guess, prime where they can last a little bit longer. But Patrick Watt played in Colorado from age thirty to thirty-seven. And like he was quite dominant. Like twenty uh he had played sorry, four hundred and seventy-eight games, two hundred and sixty-two wins, uh nine eighteen save percentage. Like Aren't yeah, as an avalanche, these aren't bad numbers, and like even later on in his career, uh, last three games, uh, last three years, he had nine thirteen, nine two five, nine twenty. In his second last season, he had a goals against average against um, a goals against average of one point nine four, which was the lowest of his entire career. Vesna numbers, by the way, today that that um that oh one oh two year, he came second in voting that year. Second, for Vesna. yeah, you know who won? Um, who? Jose Theodore. <laughs> that was the year he won the heart too, and he robbed to the Viggy. That's hilarious. You know what's also a big slap in the face? If you look, Patrick Waugh's around the team all the time. He goes to Habs games all whenever he can. Well, he's whenever he back. I know, but still, he he'll be like down in the tunnel for a few games. Carey Price slapping him on the bum. It's just, it's it's such a thing of if you had just gotten rid of this inexperienced coach, my dear God. Well, look, if, it, if if Jack Michael can get someone fired in the snap of your fingers, for the love of God, it's Patrick Wall. Yeah, but it's that was it's a different time now. If you think about it, players didn't run Jack squat back then. If Jack Eichel played at the same time as Patrick Watt, he couldn't demand a single thing. Unless your name is Wayne Gretzky, you're not demanding anything. Or Gordie Howe. Or Gordie Howe. Or ha- no, I know, but that era I'm talking about, that specific mm. era, you're not demanding anything. So let's just quickly, I want to read you good old Patty. Of course, in his career... Five William M. Jennings trophies awarded to the goalie with the minimal, sorry, with the least amount of allowed goals. Three Vesna trophies, three Conn Smythe trophies to be the MVP in the playoffs. Of course, that is an NHL record. And of course, he has a Jack Adams trophy for when he coached the Colorado Avalanche in 2013-2014. Let us never forget, never forget. He's not a fantastic coach, but um, stop it. He's been decently with the Ramparts, actually. But uh, do you have a? I know, of course, before our time. But do you have a, a more a favorite Patrick Law moment? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. It has to be when he walked off. 
Really? You could have said there are so many moments, and that's the one you bring up. Because you know, there's there's the uh, there's the famous I can't hear what Jeremy says because I have two my two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ears. When he was an avalanche and he broke to the middle of the ice and deked out Gretzky and no one knew what he was doing. When he got caught hot dogging versus Detroit. No. You know, his fight versus Chris. I'm right by wall. I'm right by wall. I'm right by wall. I'm uppercut by wall. You better believe it, baby. No? You're no. just going to go with Patrick Waugh's end of your career in Montreal just to spite me? Or? No, I just think it's it was like insane. Like, man, think about it. Imagine you're an NHL player. Or your goalie, and you just absolutely get shelled for eleven. How many goals was he in for? Yeah, I believe he was in for eight Imagine or nine. Imagine being in for eight goals. See, that's not the last time Montreal would do that to a goalie either. If you remember, I believe it was. Oh, was it Al Montoya? You remember the year yes. that Carey yes. got hurt? Started yes. the season like nine zero and one. Well, their first regulation loss of that season, um, they left Al Montoya in for ten nothing because Carey Price was starting against Philly the next day. But hey, uh, Al Montoya is fine. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And now people understand why there is such a fear about. Um, uh, there's such a fear along uh, Carey Price going to Colorado. What? Ha- <laughs> you know, I, I feel like before the trade deadline, we had way too many discussions off the podcast about Montreal trading Carey Price to Colorado. And mm-hmm. you, I, I think we both know... For that to happen, Mark Bergevin will not be the GM of that trade. No, he's made it so clear that he's not going to trade him. But yeah, not it would have to be that. Some- it's not even that. It's the fact that he's in year ten of a five-year rebuild, and he, like, you just can't do like that's like that's tr- trading a star player. Mm-hmm. That's very difficult. <laughs> Especially for the GM who said, okay, we're going to be competitive. Year two of a, of a second five-year plan. How frustrating is it? I feel like we've had this discussion, but how frustrating Man, is it? You know what's been nice about this self-isolation thing? is like I have barely been on Twitter, and I've been so away from sports because I haven't needed to be. And do you know what, man? I'm starting to get all those feelings back again, and man, is it a slap in the face every time you try and defend him and just have nothing. He's just—he hasn't given Habs fans anything back. He just hasn't given anything back. I to this day will not give him credit for the Max Domi deal because I think he got lucky. I really do. I don't want to give him credit for the Druin deal yet because we need to see Druin healthy, and plus it's you want him as a center. That didn't work out, and look at how good Sergachev is and Andre Markov and Alex Radulov. You ruined Pacioretty, and oh my god, you wasted Price's best years, and P.K. Subban. I'll never forget. Man, no respect. No respect. Oh, but we're going to brag about how I wanted Morgan Riley over Galchenyuk seven years later. Good job, Mark. It's not answering your It question. seems like you don't like Mark Bergevin. Man, I don't. I don't. 
I really don't. Okay. And if he doesn't use these compliance buyouts properly when they if come, there I'm, are, if there are compliance buyouts, I'd be amazed. If, uh, man, the Leafs are screwed if there are no compliance buyouts. Um, sorry. How about the Tampa Bay Lightning? First of all, we would have to believe that something's going to go wrong for Tampa Bay and all the con. That doesn't happen. What are you talking about? You're telling me that Vasilevsky is going to make nine and a half next year. They still have to re-sign Sergachev. They still have to pay uh, Anthony Sorelli. They'll figure it out. Oh, no. One of Kaloran and Palat are gone. I think it's probably Alex Kaloran. No, they'll sign everyone. Somehow they're going to get away with it. Or when they get rid of one of those guys, they're going to get some stupid amount of assets back. Like, you know, Vancouver's first-round pick again. And then they'll trade that away for Barkley Goudreau. Oh, <laughs> Which, uh, that's a very weird team is, is Tampa Bay. But, hell, if we come back, I still think they're going to win. Okay, question. Last question, yep. unless you have something else to talk about. What has changed in Montreal, not necessarily players, but the attitude behind the scenes. Because for me, looking at back at 1993, or 1995, sorry, and now it seems like there's a somewhat of a similar attitude of things they, of things they have to follow. What do you mean by that? Uh, your coach has to be French. Your GM has to be French. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, see, I would get more antsy about the French thing if if Julian wasn't a good coach. And oh my God, has Daniel just has a wild Daniel appeared? Hello. Hey there. How are you? Good. I'm just dropping in. Yeah. All right. One second, Daniel. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I would be really really concerned about the French thing if they were. It's 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 a different thing. Claude Julien is luckily a good coach. Um, Mark Bergevin needs to go, and if they somehow, like, I don't know what they're going to do about a replacement, and if he's going to be French, I think they're moving away from this whole they need to have French guys because I can't tell you the last time they drafted a French dude. It's been Europeans nonstop, but when it comes to the management side. Yes, Julian, like Tarian, Julian and Tarian again, Ganey, Tremblay, Demers. I don't. It needs to change on the especially with Bergerman. I think their next GM, you need to get the best guy available and not just a French guy. But if you're asking me what I think has changed, I think, and I've talked about this before, it doesn't feel as prestigious to play for this team and this franchise anymore. When it, it feels like when you say a player, you see a player say, "Oh yeah, it's the original six franchise, most Stanley Cups." It's just like I don't, you don't mean that. That's part of your PR training you've gotten from a team. So I think, yes, the French thing is still there for when it comes to management and coaching side. But what really bothers me is there isn't. I don't think the team has enough respect for itself anymore. Instead, it's being used as a tool to try and bring players in that Bergeron has done. It hasn't been a good enough job. Instead of just you know, focusing on winning. Right. But no, we build on the fly. But that's just, that's my opinion. No. Daniel? Yes? While you're here, you're a little older. What year were you born? 1993. 93? Okay, so you were, year, you were born the year Montreal won the cup, all right? So never mind. And you would have been like two or three when um when Wall got dealt. Yes. You're, an old, you're a bit of more of an old school hockey fan than us. What do you remember about the Patrick Wall trade? 
Um, to or be honest, came of an age where you realize how dumb it was. Uh, I'll say when I was like probably like twelve. I didn't really understand because growing up, I only knew Patrick Waugh for two things, and that was the Dagno Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, McDonald's had a promotion, I remember. Um, and the fact that he was on the Avalanche—that's all I knew. I yeah, that makes me so sad. Also, growing up, I wasn't really a Waugh fan. I was a Broder fan. Oh, <laughs> so that was yeah. Adam's not too happy about that. Leave the pot. Well, no, let's have this debate quickly to finish off this part of the retro review. Um, Daniel, don't worry. We do have a lot of other things to talk about in the second half of this podcast. But where we will be talking about stuff like NCAA. I ah, love it. Um, but let me let me ask you guys this. Let's have the debate. Who is the greatest goaltender of all time? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like if I say my answer, you guys are going to like jump no, on me. We can talk is about it. Is John Sebastian Jaguar? Is that your answer? <laughs> for nostalgic reasons, that would be it. But not for... Uh... Not for, like, the ultimate hockey answer. I think there's arguments for Brodeur, and I think there's arguments for Patrick Watt, too. Yeah. For me, personally, I think it's Brodeur. All right. Why? I don't know. Um, I know people are going to say, like, oh, yeah, you're going to look at these things. So I said, like, the stats, like, the awards. Um... The Olympic gold medals. Mm-hmm. I know that. That's- Sorry, I know exactly what Adam's response is going to be because he said it earlier in the episode. Um, the I think the issue that he has with Brodeur is that Brodeur, I think, played not not necessarily played too long, but he pushed way too long. Like, like he did he really have to go to St. Louis? I have a few issues with Martin Brodeur. A He's boring. Oh B. my god! No, no, that's, no, no, that's no, not no. how I you judge it. a hockey player. I, I love his style sword. of play. I don't know, like his personality or his like well, style of play. First of all, he sold out Enterprise. I can't stand it. Second of all, here's like, the thing with, with Martin Berdour compared to Patrick Waugh. What Patrick Waugh did for the no, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is a legitimate argument. Everyone that we have we haven't talked about yet is what Patrick Waugh did for the position of the goalie and the butterfly position as a whole. So, so That's how? Do, what, but how, question: How are you judging who's the best goalie? All right. Okay. So first of all, I look at Patrick Waugh first. First of all, I'll give some credit to Marty Berdur. Okay. As many Jennings trophies as Patrick Waugh. All right. Okay. Fantastic. You want to call her? Fantastic. Good for you. Uh, and he's won more Vesna trophy than Patrick at four. He's got the most wins of all time as a former goaltender. I respect that. 691, fantastic. 1,200 games played. I believe only three goaltenders have played 1,000 games. That's Lou, Waugh, and that. So, like, lots okay. of credit to Brodeur. He's the second best goalie of all time, in my opinion. I have a question. <laughs> I have a yes. legitimate question. And yes. I just want you to lay it out for me. Don't compare Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur right now. Yes, okay. How do you judge who's the best goalie? What do you use to make that judgment? I look at awards, okay. I look at stats, and I look at what you do for the position as a whole okay, and how you so, the team. Okay, so wait a second there. So two out of the three things you said, you admitted that Martin Brodeur is better at. Hmm? You said he no, has no, more I, awards. He yeah, has yeah. more awards than Patrick Waugh. He does, yes. Okay, stats. 
He okay. has the, Broder has the most wins, correct? He has the most wins. Yeah, he's he's first and uh, Patrick second. Okay, but he's first. Yes. Okay, so what's the third thing then? All right. Wait, receive the third thing again? Yeah. How you influence the position, how you change the position, how you change the game. But how and does... Patrick revolutionized okay. the butterfly goaltender. Okay, but how does that make a judgment on how good he is? That's not that's an external thing. I don't well, he changed the game. That's the thing I think you have to look at the player's career is how you've changed everything. You look at the best teams of all time, and one of the things that's so good about the old 70s Montreal Canadiens is they're the reason the power play has changed. You have to give credit to how somebody changed the game, that they were so good at something that it's changed. There's a reason why a guy like like Carey Price now, he's went on to influence Carter Hart, the way they play the game. I just I don't think that's something you can discount from Patrick. I'm not saying and something you can that, discount it from him. I'm saying I don't know if that's necessarily something I put into – into a into my determination of who the best player, who the best goalie is of all time. Well, that I do though. Okay. So, and what I love about okay. Patrick Moore is is that they played for much. There is never that there is no no no. So there has never been a more arrogant son of a bitch than Patrick Wall in this hockey in this game. I think that's why I don't really. That's Sorry. Factors in for me. That factors into it for me. I don't know. So I, I we talked about it a little bit earlier, Daniel. The, you remember when he was an avalanche and he breaks the center ice with the puck? A goalie spins around after making a sweet little deke on Wayne Gretzky. Jeremy Roenick, I can't hear what he says because I have my two rings plugging my ears. Flipping the puck to Mario Tremblay. Waugh gets caught hot-dogging. His fight against Chris Osgood. There's so much about Patrick Waugh. His first game when he was coaching for Colorado against Minnesota. When he's pushing like the stanchion down on Bruce Boudreau, it's like Waugh's bringing the house down. I love Patrick Waugh. I just love him so much. And again, Marty at the end of the day, Marty was just pushing like, why would you go to St. Louis? Plus, he's not. He's one of those hockey Canada dudes. He's the reason that Bennington never got a shot and backup goalie. Remember that? That's the thing from Stephen Chicklets. I just and is there a certain bit of bias because he was a Montreal Canadian? Of high, course, I'm not high, kidding. high bias. I don't know. Yeah, there is because like I'm okay. Like, again, you're saying I'm a bit older, but that's the thing. I grew up watching Roder from mm-hmm. like what 1999 until his retirement. I know, I I know like it's a bit of a bias too because I didn't really get. To, I saw Wa like I remember thinking Wa was the best, and then when he lost to Minnesota in that first round in 2003. Uh, and then he retired. I was like, wow, that was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, like, I, I think, like, you bring up the St. Louis thing a lot. That's what, seven, he played seven games for that. that I don't think that tarnishes anything. Um, he still wanted to play. He proved it la- the year before when they still got Corey Schneider. He proved it the year before that, before the lockout. He made it to the finals with that New Jersey team. Um, I think... For me personally, I think that he kind of showed that why he was the best. And then people are going to say, oh, it's because he had the overtime wins. He had the shootout wins. Like, that doesn't even factor into, like, that factors into, like, a small percentage, the amount of wins he has. Um, if you even look back, I think he revolutionized the game, too, but more of a system kind of thing, where people are going to argue that early in his career, he had Scott Stevens, he had Brian Rafalski, he had he Scott Meyer. Yeah, he had yeah, the trap yeah. system. Like, but even moving forward, like, who was his best defenseman when the Devils were still consistently making 
48 win seasons or like actually making the playoffs. Like his number one defenseman was like Andy Green. <laughs> Huge name. Yeah. So like I and the way like he played, I think it didn't really influence because like he's one of those last hybrid type of goalies. But I like put him in that same argument of like Dominic Hasek. Like these guys that on their own kind of showed why they're superstars and like they could no one else could do it better than them. But that's the thing. It's like you focus on the player, not on how they kind of influence the future generations. I think that's that's how I kind of see it. That's fair enough. You know who you guys I, have completely missed out on? If you bring up a Leaf legend, I swear to God, Alex. Leaf legend, Andrew Raycroft. We, I think I think the three of us can all agree on that. Patrick and Marty are probably one and two. Yes. We disagree on the order. Yes. Who's three? We, we can finish it up here. Who's three? I never really think about that. Is it Hoshik? I think it's Dominic Hoshik. Probably. That's uh, a good Dude that, won like six, no, like four Vesnas with I'm like a Buffalo team. Oh, no. Buffalo. Uh, he won one, two, three, four, five, six Vesna trophies. Wow. Yeah. With Buffalo. Yeah, but Buffalo That's a was weird okay one. back then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, that's a we- he's a weird one. He's one of those fish goalies that look really, really weird. And you never know. Uh, I think it's what they used to say that Dominic Hasek used to get in the head of the opponent before, um, even before a game. You'd wonder. So that's a that's a sign of a very good goaltender. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to be the end of this part of the podcast. There's going to be a second little smidge. Are we going to break it up like into two different? Yes. Okay. So. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, again, um, yeah, why don't you let us know how much you love it by, you know, tweeting at us. Go to Instagram, to YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Check out our own social medias, my YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Leave a like, rating, review, whatever you can do wherever you're listening to this podcast. Gentlemen, everything, anything else to say uh, to the lovely listeners and their beautiful faces. Hey. And tweet at us. <laughs>